We're going to be jumping into a new series this morning. Uh, we're going to be jumping into our Advent series. And the theme of this series is void. Void. And what we're going to be looking at during this Advent season is really examining the stories of Scripture where God has fulfilled and filled this void. And and what we see throughout the story of Scripture is that from creation all the way to Christ's incarnation, we see God looking at the emptiness and void of creation in our lives and filling it with a meaning and purpose and a value, and especially the Advent themes of hope, joy, peace, and love. And that's what we're going to be looking at throughout this season. And so when we look at a void, what is a void. What am I talking about? What are we getting at? Well, this past few weeks, we've definitely seen a void take place in many contexts. And the void that immediately came to my mind is everything happening on the Coca-Cola right now. Who here is up to date of what's going on in BC right now? I mean, you literally have the lower mainland of British Columbia cut off from the rest of Canada because of a massive void in the highways. And here's a literal section missing from mudslides that's been completely washed out to the point that road is completely inaccessible at this point. And, and when we examine a void like this, there's drastic implications in there. What are some of the drastic implications we've seen in BC because of highways being washed out and train railways being washed out? What are some of the implications? Yeah, food supplies being cut off. Gas. My brother-in-law works for Trans Mountain. He says they're having to cut off sections because they got pipeline just floating in water. It's crazy. What are some other implications? Yeah, the animals, it's been absolutely horrendous to see so many animals who have died in the floods. Not only is it the loss of life of animals, but it's also the loss of finances for so many ranchers and farmers. Yeah, destruction of the economy. There's so many businesses being affected by this. You think about this stat too. I read this stat this last week that Vancouver has the biggest port in Canada, right? And they ship pretty much everything from China. 2.5 to $3 billion um, dollars worth of supplies come from British Columbia to the east a week. Process that in your mind. 2.5 to $3 billion a week. And, and so we're, we're processing massive implications for this void, aren't we? Now, I want to think of it in this terms as well, because when we see a void like this in a highway that cuts off the rest of the country from a region, I think there's also massive implications for when we experience a void in our own lives, isn't there? What do I mean when I say it's very similar to a void in our life? We can experience a deep void in these feelings of emptiness that have this massive effect on our lives. We easily notice things that are missing in our lives, don't we? Who here notices things that are missing a lot of the time? And we, we notice things that um, a, some person or something that we wish was different or something that's lacking or something that's missing, and we all live in this constant state of being reminded of things that are void in our life. 
and even sort of a, a, a side comment of things that are void in our life. Uh, my mind immediately when I went to writing this too was even uh, house renovations. Who's been part of house renovations? Uh, Rebecca and I have purchased a house two years ago. We spent a lot of time renovating our place. And now all I see, even when I'm just relaxing on the couch, supposed to be a moment of peace, all I see is things that I messed up on, right? <laughs> Anyone else experience that? Where you say, oh, there's a void there. There's a hole that needs to be filled. There's a crack that needs to be filled. There's a section of painting that I didn't do as good as I thought I wanted to, right? And so we, we have this void even in just in common experiences of life. But it also can be things like your spouse. Maybe there's an aspect of your relationship that you wish was better. Maybe it's a lack of a spouse. Maybe you want to be in a relationship, but you're not. Maybe it's your job where it's, it's not as fulfilling as it once was, or maybe you didn't get your dream job, or, or maybe it's your friendship or your children or knowledge that you wish you had. We, we all live in this constant state of voids, of emptiness in our life. And, and many of us as well, even there's, during this season, many of us are experiencing a void from the loss of loved ones. Um, I've lost my father recently. Wes Craddock has lost his father. Uh, Wayne Old just lost his father. We lost Fred Weeb, and so there's this emptiness, there's this void that comes when we realize a loved one that is lost. And, and we look at it even farther. Maybe uh, the loss you've experienced has been overviews of COVID as well. Who, who experienced with their family and friends a, a brokenness of relationship because of views and opinions on COVID? Anyone? I've talked to so many people. I've experienced it myself as well that even COVID and the conversation that it's bringing has brought the sense of loss and emptiness and void. And maybe the emptiness in your life shows itself not in what you miss and long for again, but perhaps what has never been. Maybe it's a dream, an aspiration that you had. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job that you just long for that never came to be. Or maybe there's this deep void in your life and you don't even know how to explain it. There's just a discontentment, there's a dissatisfaction, there's this lack of meaning and purpose, and you have no idea of how to explain it. The void hits us all, doesn't it? And it hits us hard. And it hits us in many forms and fashions. But the question becomes, how do we deal with the void? How do we handle the void? Now, Naturally, our, our human response and our human inclination to voids and emptiness in our life is to fix it or escape it, right? Now, now think of it from this perspective. When we try to fix our lives and fix void in our lives, so often the things that cause void in our lives are outside of our control. And so if you try to fix the problem, are you going to be very successful? No, and, and even this is an example. Well, think of the... Think of the mudslides that have happened. If this happened, and I have the mentality that, okay, I, Micah, am going to go fix the highway so that people can drive away again, is that going to accomplish anything? No, I need a power that's way beyond myself. I need equipment and tools that's way beyond myself to fix anything. And so even when we apply that to our lives, there's so many things that we desire to fix that we actually have no control over that we just go on the cycle of insanity of re repeating 
over and over and over again, yet failing over and over again. And so that's one response to the void. The other response to voids in our life is to escape. Now, what are some forms of escapism that we use in our culture, in our lives? What are ways that we escape pains and voids? Entertainment, right? We call them Netflix binges or... (laughs) Or when you spend hours and hours watching TV, why do we do that as a culture? Because we're trying to escape something. We're trying to go to another world and forget about reality. What's some other things we do as a culture? Yeah, we travel to a warmer climate, get away. Yeah, that's needed sometimes though, George. (laughs) Yeah. Addictions, right? We're, we're talking about alcohol, we're talking about drugs, things that numb the pain, anything to numb the void in our lives and not have to deal with it, right? What are some other things? A good book and a warm fireplace, right? Well, if it's a good book, that means it's beneficial, right? Maybe a bad book and a fireplace, right? Yeah. We get into workaholism where we just dive into our work to avoid everything. We, we get into all these things that simply disregard the void that can be in our life. And so we try to fix things we have no control over or we try to escape things that we don't want to deal with reality. And this is a massive issue for us as a culture. And so How do we actually find peace and fulfillment in the void? How do we actually find peace and fulfillment in the void? And this is where where God gives us an answer of himself. And this is where God gives us guidance and direction of what he's actually able to accomplish because when we experience the void in our lives, we think it's such a great issue and a great problem, and yet what we see throughout the story of God is that this is actually where God does some of his greatest work. And so I want to start this morning from the very beginning of the story. We're going to look the next four weeks more specifically at the incarnation of Jesus, the story of Jesus coming in flesh and the Christmas story. But I want to start this week with with Genesis, the very beginning of the story, and get a glimpse of how God steps in to the void and even brings good into the void. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis 1, right at the beginning, the easiest, easiest thing to find. And, and I, I want to look at a, a phrase that occurs in, in verse 2 of chapter 1 of Genesis. And, and Nancy Guthrie, I don't know if you've heard of her, she's a phenomenal author and teacher. She wrote a book called God Does His Best Work on Empty, and she has this beautiful section on Genesis. And, and in this section, she teaches this phrase, this Hebrew phrase in verse 2 of, of Genesis. And I'm going to read it in English, and then I want to teach you this phrase. And so it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens... And the earth. And the earth was without form and what? Void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. I'm going to stop there for a second. And so, verse 2, we already read that the earth was without form and void. 
And that phrase that we see that without form and void, the, the Hebrew phrase for it is tohu vavohu. You guys want to say that with me? Tohu vavohu. It's pretty fun to say, isn't it? I want to hear you guys just to see if you're getting it. Tohu. Good job. Tohu vavohu, right? It's this phrase of empty and void. And it's this phrase that occurs right at the beginning of Scripture that the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And so this word in Hebrew, tohu, means this unformed, chaotic wilderness, this undeveloped state. And then vohu means void or empty. So in Genesis 1 and 2, we see from the very beginning of the story that when God creates the heavens and the earth, it's initially this uninhabitable, this barren wasteland wilderness where life cannot function, life cannot be formed, there is no shape or form to it. And so what God spoke initially in the creation account is this mass of unformed matter which nothing or no one could live in, this state of void. Now, here's what happens. We have this problem then in creation, a formless, empty, and dark state, this chaotic state. Now, even though you may not be familiar with this Hebrew phrase, tohu vavohu, I'm sure that many of you are experiencing the realities of what it seems and feels like. Uh, who here feels like life is a little chaotic at times? Anyone? <laughs> who feels like life is unmanageable and everywhere at times? Who feels like life can be filled with darkness and voidness? All these experiences that tohu vavohu brings up. And life may feel chaotic and out of control. Life may feel to even lack meaning and purpose at times. Life may feel extremely dark, but there's a beautiful hope that comes out of the very beginning of the story of Genesis. Because what we see here is God work in exactly circumstances like this. Amen? And I, I pray and I hope that many of you have well as experienced God work in places and times like this. And, and what we continue to see is that God comes and in the midst of the tohu vavohu, in the midst of the formless and voidness, there is hope. Why? Because God begins to fill that void with His goodness. And, and we see this beautiful statement that comes in verse 2. We read about the formless and void and chaotic and dark creation, and yet who was there? What does verse 2 end with? The Spirit of God was hovering. He was fluttering is more the natural translation over the face of of the waters. And so in the midst of this emptiness, in the midst of the void, what we see God doing is, is filling creation with His presence. 
And the Spirit of God is there and He's actively involved. And the Spirit of God is there. And as we see, as He fills creation, and this is where the six days of creation comes in, God filling creation with His goodness and glory, we see that one of the key phrases that God says as He reflects on His creation was as He created, He says, and He saw that it was what? Good. We, we see God from the very beginning of this story, see the chaos, see the darkness, see the void, and yet in creation itself, we see God filling it with His goodness, with His glory. And so right there, in the very beginning of the story of Scripture, we, we have this image of God, this identification of God, this realization of the kind of God that He is, a God who brings goodness. And as the Spirit is hovering over the waters, as the Spirit is doing His creative work, we see that chaos turns into order. We see that what was empty is filled with life and beauty and purpose. And God spoke and the darkness was filled with light and this wasteland was filled with life and God spoke and out of meaninglessness came purpose and relationship. This is the, the beauty of we see of our God from the very beginning of the story. And so right away we see is the void a problem to God? Is the void a problem to God, church? No. It wasn't at the start of the story, and it's not a problem in your life here and now either. The void has never been a problem for God. From the first day of creation, He created everything from nothing, and God has been filling nothingness with His goodness. He longs to satisfy this world. And what's pretty wild, we're obviously going to focus this more in the next four weeks, but even just a glimpse through the story of Scripture right now, just an examining of, of how God acts in history. We see God continually taking what is void and filling it with His goodness and glory. E even think of this example. We were talking a little bit about it in Sunday school this morning with Don. But even think of the story of, of Abraham. What was God's promise to Abraham? Who would Abraham be? The father of many nations, a light and a blessing to the nations, descendants as numerous as the stars. But there was a massive problem, wasn't there? There was a physical void in whose stomach? Sarah's, right? Now, how are you going to have descendants as numerous as the stars when there is literally a physical void in your stomach, right? And so there's this doubt that comes of God's goodness, and yet what we see that despite Sarah and Abraham's age, despite their uh, natural inability to have children, God does what? He fills that void with a child, which prepares the story for the Messiah to come, to be a light and a blessing to the nations. Now, I also find this fascinating. There's almost an exact similar story in the Christmas account. Because look at the life of Mary. Mary is supposed to have a child as well, isn't she? But what's her problem? 
No husband, implication being, she is a virgin, right? Now, how does a virgin have a child? Again, there's a massive void in her life. And yet God enters into that void, and through the Virgin Mary, Christ Jesus is born. And so again, the void is never a problem for God. And even in the song of Mary, she says something beautiful. Mary has this song when she realizes that she's going to be with child. And this is part of the song that she sings. She sings this in Luke 1, 53. She says, he has filled, God has filled the hungry, with anyone know, with good things. Isn't that beautiful? With good things. Now, even in Genesis, I know I just dropped ahead to Mary there, but even in Genesis, when we look to the, the next major narrative of the Exodus in Scripture, uh, Psalm 81 has this beautiful reflection on Exodus. And it says this, it says, for, I, for it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouths wide, and I will fill it with what? Guess. Good things, his goodness. Even in the life of Jesus, we, we, we come to the narrative of Jesus, and, and even the Gospel of John, we realize that John begins to describe Jesus as the fullness of God. And, and even Jesus came to fulfill what? He did not come to abolish, but to fulfill the law and the prophets. There's a filling of the very purpose and meaning of God for this creation. And everyone who was around Jesus and experienced his life literally got to experience Jesus filling this world with his goodness and glory. Um, even think of the very first miracle that Jesus did. What was the very first miracle that Jesus did? Water into wine, right? He's at a party that ran out of, of wine. There's something that's lacking. There's a void. And Jesus' first miracle is literally bringing fulfillment of wine and fullness to the party. Now, even, even an example with the disciples, uh, if you remember the story with Peter, and Jesus tells Peter to throw his nets over the shore, right? Into the water. And what happened to the nets? They were filled unimaginably, just filled to the brim. And so we see this aspect of them letting their nets down again and their nets being filled to the full. Now, even Jesus, as he has at least 5,000 people standing before him, Sermon on the Mount, and we have all these people who are hungry and tired and starving, and what does Jesus do with them? He feeds them. A radical miracle of feeding of the 5,000, right? And, and throughout this story, we, we realize that God is continually filling this world with his goodness and his glory. And, and even, even past Christ, when we get to the narrative of the church as well, well, we realize that Paul in Ephesians says this. It says, Christ is not finished with his filling work. 
It says that God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church who does what? Who fills all things everywhere with himself. And Paul continues later on in later chapters saying that Jesus ascended so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. And even we talked about this summer as we studied parts of Revelation, we realized that all of history is moving towards God filling the entire cosmos with His goodness and His glory. And so we look at this theme of Scripture and we realize how beautifully good news it is. That when we read stories, even from the beginning of the empty, the void, the desolate, the unfulfilled, we realize that this has never been a problem for God. This is actually where He does some of His greatest work. And so some of you here this morning, you need to hear this good news. All of us need to hear this good news. That the voids we have in our life, the emptiness, the hardships, the brokenness, this is where God enters in and shows up in extremely powerful ways. And instead of us trying to fight against it, instead of us trying to fix it, instead of us trying to escape from it, when we come into the presence of God and we experience Him and allow Him to work in our life, that is where we truly get to experience the goodness of God where he will show up in mighty and powerful ways. So that means stepping into reality will actually allow us to experience the goodness and peace of God to an even greater extent. Because this is where he does his mighty work. And while emptiness may feel horrible, a void in our life feels horrible, there's a pain to it. When we step into reality and deal with it correctly, emptiness can also become a blessing. Because there's times in our life where God allows us to experience the void simply so that we can cry out to Him and realize our dependence upon Him and realize our desperate need for Him and realize that He just wants to draw us to Himself. He's allowing us to go through things to draw us to Himself. Augustine, who is a prolific writer in history, one of his most famous quotes in history is that our hearts are restless until we find our rest in him. And it's this premise, it's this realization in our lives that there's always going to be chaos and hurt and pain and void and emptiness until we allow ourselves to submit to the goodness of God and let Him work in our life. And that means that sometimes the void in our life doesn't always mean that we're doing something wrong. What it simply means is that we realize that we're created for something so much more. An emptiness, a void that only God Himself can fulfill. An emptiness, a void where Christ purely and only belongs. And I've definitely experienced this in the past few weeks with the passing of my father. Uh, again, there's a, 
There's a depth of pain there that some of you know. And there's a void there that you can't really escape. And yet when God enters in and he sustains you and he shows you his goodness and he reveals to you not only the depth of your pain but the depth of his glory, it changes everything when we truly allow us to experience the goodness of God in the midst of chaos. And so my prayer for us is that we would, we would see these spaces in our life that are so lacking, that I don't know what it is in your life specifically, but that feeling of emptiness, that feeling of void. And we need to realize that it's only when we come to Christ, it's only when we come to God and experience His presence and His goodness that that can be filled. It can't be filled by anything else other than Him. And so I'm going to get us to pray. Let's just bow together and pray for a little bit. And I'm going to get you to just enter into a conversation with God right now and just begin to examine your life and just ask God, well, what is the, what is the void in my life that I'm going through right now? Where are those feelings of emptiness coming from? What am I trying to fix or control that I really have no control over? What am I trying to escape that I don't want to deal with reality? And just talk to God. Have that conversation. I'll give you a couple minutes. God, we come before you. And Lord, we, we ask that as we examine the voids in our life, the feelings of emptiness, Lord, whether we can define them or not, we pray that you would fill them with your goodness and love. Lord, we pray that we would fill our empty, wasted time with a deeper conversation with you. May we fill the empty spaces in our life with a greater desire for your presence. May we fill the feelings of emptiness with your word and promises and meaning. May we fill the lost time with others with an incredible love for others. Lord, we pray that as you long to fill us with good things, that we would submit ourselves to be filled by your goodness, the goodness of God. I'm going to encourage you guys to keep bowing your heads, and I'm going to pray a prayer of serenity over you. Uh, this was a prayer that was written by a, a theologian philosopher named Reinhold Niebuhr, sort of got popularized in the 12-step programs. We, we do it for Freedom Session as well. But let me just pray this prayer, and I, I want you to contemplate the words, especially as it impacts what you may be going through now. God, grant me the serenity to accept 
the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. May that be your prayer as well as you continue through this season.